Today's episode of Sleep Cues is brought to you by Wolino. Makers of the first merino wool sleep bags available in North America, Wolino products keep baby cozy and comfy year-round. No need to worry whether they'll be too hot or cold while sleeping. They'll always be just right. At Wolino, they are passionate about designing innovative, functional, and comfortable sleeping solutions for babies, using the best fibers nature has to offer. They use merino wool because, quite simply, it's the finest and softest wool on the planet. It's exceptionally breathable, it's constantly renewable, so versatile, and altogether unmatched by anything man-made. Wolino cares about all the same things you care about. That's why their products meet the highest quality standards. Everything they produce is made with certified merino wool and certified organic cotton. And their snaps and zippers are free from nickel, lead, and phthalates. Wolino products keep baby perfectly cozy and comfortable. And that means a good night's sleep for baby, but also for your whole family. Use code SleepQs at wolino.com and wolino.ca for 15% off all Wolino four-season sleep bags until July 30th, 2022. Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, welcome back to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep podcast. It's one of my favorite days, it's Q&A Tuesday. So we are going to cover a bunch of the questions that I got asked. I think these were all on Instagram last week and most of them are about scheduling and probably the most common questions we get are about scheduling. Lots of different questions, lots of different ages, lots of different issues, but many come back to the root question of scheduling and wake windows and how do we sort this all out at each age. So I have a bunch of questions for you today and answers for you today around that. And then one about reflux, just to throw in something kind of random and not about scheduling at all. But I had this question about reflux that I wanted to throw in for today too, because we do get so many questions about how to manage reflux, how it relates to sleep and sleep challenges. So we'll talk about that today too. So let's dive in. Let's start with that reflux question and then we'll just kind of group all of the scheduling questions together afterwards. This was the question I got about reflux. We are holding our baby upright after a feed because of reflux. Can this become a sleep crutch? Baby is four months and we do two feeds overnight. So really common that babies have reflux, right? Babies have underdeveloped digestive systems at first, and as their digestive systems develop, the reflux starts to get resolved. But some babies have reflux worse than others, and some babies have more than what we would consider normal or average reflux with a little bit of spit up here and there, and they have way more spit up. They have projectile vomit reflux. They have reflux that causes them pain. And so if that is the case and you feel strongly that that's going on, you're going to speak to your doctor or your pediatrician about that. That's my number one recommendation. If you feel that your baby has more than average reflux for an infant, then check in with your healthcare provider and talk to them about that. They may have some various remedies that they can suggest for you. They may suggest medication. We want to make sure your baby's not in pain, of course. For this question, 
the family is wondering, you know, we do have to hold our baby upright after a feed because of reflux. And that's really common, especially in those early months, that if a baby has particularly bad reflux, we need to feed them and then make sure they are upright for usually the recommendation is 20 to 30 minutes. Again, you can check with your healthcare provider for your individual baby, but many healthcare providers recommend baby is held upright for 20 to 30 minutes after a feed if they are experiencing more severe reflux pain or discomfort. So this family wants to know, can this become a sleep crutch? Baby's four months, they do two feeds overnight. Here's the answer. Part of it's tough, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I promise. The answer is that yes, this can become a sleep crutch. Just like any other time, even reflux aside, we are holding a baby upright for 20 to 30 minutes twice a night in our arms after we fed them, what's probably going to happen is your baby is going to fall asleep in your arms. If they didn't already fall asleep on the feed, they're probably going to fall asleep during those 20 to 30 minutes that you're holding them upright. Not all that many babies are going to stay awake in a parent's nice, warm, snuggly arms for 20 to 30 minutes after a feed at one o'clock in the morning. They are going to fall asleep in that parent's arms. And can that become a sleep crutch? It can, because then baby starts to decide, okay, well, this is how I go to sleep. This is what I know. I feed, I stay in your arms, I fall asleep here in your arms. And then I guess at some point you put me back in the crib. But when I wake up, I'm grumpy because I'm not still in your arms where I fell asleep, the place I'm comfortable falling asleep. So that's where it becomes potentially a sleep crutch. And at some point, we need to, if that family is struggling with this crutch, we need to remove the crutch and teach baby how to go back into their crib awake and not falling asleep in the parent's arms. Again, if that works for you, you know my motto, always do what works for you. But if it's not working for you, that's when we look at sleep coaching strategies. In the case of reflux, however, we wait until the reflux is resolved. And that's the hard answer. I know that's really tough, but There's really not a lot of point in employing a lot of sleep coaching strategies when you know that for your baby's sake and to ensure that they're not in pain, you are going to have to hold them upright for 20 to 30 minutes after every feed, including those middle of the night feeds, because then you're not really sleep coaching. Inevitably, your baby is falling asleep in your arms during those overnight wake ups. And that's kind of the opposite of sleep coaching, where if we were sleep coaching, we would be making sure baby was put back in the crib awake and using their own sleep skills to fall asleep. But don't stress. Deal with the reflux first. It's the most important thing that your baby not be in pain. And if that means that you need to hold them upright after feeds and they fall asleep in your arms for now, is it ideal that we're creating a sleep crutch potentially? It's not ideal, but what is ideal is that your baby's not in pain and you are managing that the best way you can. And then once the reflux is resolved, either with some time and age, as we mentioned earlier, you know, their digestive system develops more and the reflux goes away. Or if your doctor recommends some medication and you get that pain under control with medication, or your baby gets to the point where they don't need overnight feeds anymore, so you're not having to worry about holding them upright twice a night for 30 minutes all the time, that's the point where you can start looking at some sleep coaching strategies if that holding to sleep overnight has become a sleep crutch and caused you some sleep difficulties. So deal with the reflux first. That's going to be the priority. Get your baby some sleep in the best, healthiest, safest way you can. And don't worry if you're creating a sleep crutch. You got to deal with the reflux. We can deal with the sleep coaching strategies down the road. Now let's get into the scheduling questions. First one is about an 11-month-old. 
My daughter is 11 months. When should I drop to one nap from two naps a day? So if you've listened to the podcast before, if you follow us on Instagram, you may already know that I generally suggest children do best. Most children do best with two naps per day until they are close to 16 or 18 months of age. But I like to throw a question like this in every once in a while because I get the same question a lot, even from people who do follow us and listen to the podcast. You're busy. You don't listen necessarily to every single episode or follow us every single day on Instagram, so you might miss it. And it's an important one, and I like to reiterate that most children do best with two naps per day until 16 or 18 months. So to answer this parent's question, I wouldn't suggest your 11-month-old be dropped to one nap per day anytime soon if you can help it. Why is that? That is because of all of the awake time that a child has to be able to handle in order to get on a one nap schedule. Most children who are only 11 months are going to be very, very overtired if we make them stay awake from their morning wake up until 12, 12.30 for their one nap that day. And then again, they have to stay awake from 2, 2.30 p.m. when they wake up from that one nap until their bedtime. And what overtiredness then often causes is difficult bedtimes or overnight wake-ups or the most common thing we see with overtiredness, really, really early morning wake-ups where baby just won't go back to sleep after, say, 5 a.m. So the way we manage that is by keeping two naps for longer. The total amount of daytime sleep might be the same. An 11-month-old might be getting around two and a half to three hours of daytime sleep on a two-nap schedule or the same amount of sleep on a one-nap schedule. But the difference is that we split it up with a two-nap schedule so your 11-month-old, your 12-month-old does not have to go so long without sleep. So we would only offer a few hours of awake time in the morning and then an hour-long nap, maybe three and a half hours of awake time and then an hour and a half nap, and then another three and a half hours of awake time. That is often what an 11-, 12-month does best with in terms of those wake windows. Once your child is around 16 to 18 months, they are probably going to be able to handle much bigger wake windows. So they could wake up for the day at 6.30 and go down for a nap at noon and be just the right amount of tired and not overtired. But usually if we're dropping to one nap a lot earlier than that, with all that wake time, baby's going to be overtired. Now, for those of you parents who have to put your baby down to one nap a day earlier than 16 or 18 months because they're going to a daycare that only accommodates one nap a day, don't let all of this that I'm talking about stress you out because there are always ways around it. First of all, lots of children do go down to one nap a day earlier than 16 or 18 months and they do adjust just fine. Some better than others, but they do adjust. The other thing you can keep in mind is doing a pretty early bedtime for a while if your child has to go down to one nap a day earlier than they seem quite ready. So I would be putting a child who is... 11, 12, 13 months old and already had to go down to a one nap schedule, I would be putting them to bed at six o'clock every night just to avoid the overtiredness that might cause those nighttime wake-ups and early morning wake-ups that we mentioned earlier. Next scheduling question. What's a good schedule for a two-year-old? How much nap time should she get? So this can really depend on whether we're talking about a child who just turned two and they're only say 24 months or a child who is two but is almost about to turn three. The answer might be a little different because there's some big transitions that happen between just turning two and about to turn three. And the amount of napping your child needs in that year of life really changes a lot from the beginning to the end of that year. 
So if this child was just turned two, the schedule that I would suggest if they're only around 24, 25 months old is that hopefully they're waking up for the day sometime between six and seven, hopefully not too much earlier than that. And they're up between six and seven. We have a nap at 12, maybe 1230. We don't want to be going much past 1230 at this point. So we're not getting overtired for nap time. We nap for hopefully hopefully a couple of hours, maybe even up to three hours for some just turned two-year-olds. And then we're in bed around 7.15, maybe 7.30. If your child is not napping for two to three hours, if their midday nap at this age of just turned two is only around an hour, an hour and a half, I would still do a pretty early bedtime of around 6.30. But now let's say this child is more like two and a half, getting closer to three years of age. A couple of differences there are that one, some two and a half to three year olds need more sleep pressure for their nap and their nap might be closer to 1231 o'clock rather than being at noon. So that would be one change we might consider as a child approaches the age of three. We also might have to consider capping the nap a little shorter. If your child is almost three years old and will still take a two hour nap and go to bed between seven and 8 p.m. with no problem, don't fix anything that's not broken. But If your child is approaching the age of three, is still having a really long, like two to three hour midday nap, and you are finding that they won't fall asleep until 9, 10 p.m., it's probably time to consider capping the nap a little shorter. So very often for children who are approaching the age of three, I will suggest that the parents cap the nap at around an hour and a half maximum, and then do a bedtime of about 8 p.m. And that's going to stick around until that child is closer to somewhere between three and four years of age, depending on the child. And then if the nap is still an hour and a half and now you are still finding that bedtime is a struggle, that's going to be the point where we drop the nap altogether and just do an earlier bedtime of sometime around 6, 37 o'clock once the child has dropped their nap altogether. Now, how about a four-year-old? I have a four-year-old who no longer naps and wakes every day before 6 a.m. Is there anything to help? probably an earlier bedtime than what you are doing. So this parent didn't tell me in the question what bedtime they are doing, but I am guessing that this four-year-old is overtired at bedtime because they've just very recently dropped their nap and their body hasn't quite adjusted to it yet. And they're waking up early because they're in a cycle of overtiredness. So once your child does drop their nap, when they are between about three and four years of age, which is when most children drop their nap, I would suggest quite an early bedtime for a while. If the child is just, just getting used to no nap, just within very recent days or weeks, they've stopped napping, then I would suggest having them in bed for the night at 6 p.m. As they adjust a little more and they seem to be handling their afternoons a little better without so many tantrums and being so exhausted, you might do more like 6.30. And then ultimately for a four to five-year-old, you're going to end up with a bedtime that's around 7 p.m., maybe as late as 7.30 for some children that age, but probably closer to 7 for most. So for this question for this four-year-old, I am guessing that maybe she's already going to bed around 7 or 7.30 without having a nap, and that's probably why she's waking up before 6 a.m. every day, because as you know, if you are an avid listener of sleep cues, early morning wake-ups are often caused by being overtired at bedtime. So If this is happening and this is your case or you're the person who asked this question, then we want to probably look at an earlier bedtime for a little while until your child's a little older and a little more adjusted to not having a nap in the day. 
Last question for today. Is it okay that my 20 month old takes over an hour to fall asleep at night? Anything is okay that's okay with you and that's okay for your child based on your assessment as a parent. I will say, however, that it is quite normal and more the average that a toddler around 20 to 24 months or even older takes around 20 to 30 minutes to fall asleep at bedtime. That is more time than the average infant takes to fall asleep. An infant who's a good sleeper will often fall asleep for naps and for bedtime within about 10 or 15 minutes. But we do find that toddlers and preschoolers tend to take longer, more like half an hour to fall asleep at bedtime. Their brains are just running at what seems like 100 miles a minute. They have a lot to process at the end of the day, so it is very normal that they take a while to fall asleep at bedtime. You'll hear a lot of chatting to their stuffies, singing the alphabet. You know, their mind is just really trying to process the day, so that is very normal. If your child, your 20-month-old, in the case of this specific question, is taking over an hour to fall asleep at night, however, I would suggest there's probably a scheduling issue going on. So if we look back at the question I answered earlier for a child who's just about two years old, 20 months old, we're approaching the age of two, I would do a similar schedule. Hopefully up for the day around six or seven, nap from say noon to two or three o'clock, and then in bed for the night around seven, seven fifteen. In the case of this child, perhaps he is going to bed too early. Maybe he's having a three-hour nap and mom or dad are still trying to put him to bed at 6.30. That might be too early for a 20-month-old who's having a good nap. Maybe the child's going to bed too late. You know, if he's going to bed closer to 7.30, quarter to 8, 8 o'clock, that's too late for most 20-month-olds. And right around 7 p.m. for bedtime is, is usually better. If we're putting our child to bed too early, we might find they take a long time to fall asleep because they're not tired enough. If you're putting your child to bed too late, we may also see them taking a while to fall asleep because they're overtired. Very often the difference is their demeanor. If your child is undertired, they're probably doing a lot of babbling and singing and chatting to themselves in the crib before they fall asleep. If your child is overtired, they're probably having more tantrums at bedtime, upset in their crib, protesting. So you may need a slightly earlier bedtime to manage that issue. So those are the top five questions for the week. Like I said, mostly about scheduling because honestly, scheduling is the number one question I get, whether it's wake windows or nap transitions. How do we get our child on the right sleep schedule? Always feel free to reach out to chat with one of us at the Happy Sleep Company. You can go to the website that's in the show notes and you can see where you can sign up for a free phone chat and and feel free to send me questions because we're happy to chat with you and walk through an average day for your child and see what for your individual child makes sense for their schedule. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the Everything Baby Sleep Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company, and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com, for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.